Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Carl McDuff and I'll be your host this week. This week I'm delighted to be back discussing Rangers this year. An absolute scudding to teams that shouldn't even be lacing their boots. It feels like 2021 all over again. Even more delighted to introduce the guest for this evening. Kicking us off, a warm welcome to Davey Pollock. Davey, how are you? Smashing Colin and the rest of the lads. Yeah. You know, after last week's events, we uh, we got the wee lift that we required yesterday. Hopefully a far better uh, topic to be discussing than the last one. Aye, fair play. You were um, you were one of the brave souls who covered the the pod post Celtic match. So I'm glad you're on this week because you deserve a wee bit of, um, a wee bit of excitement to chat about. So thanks for coming back on. No uh, also joining us tonight, uh, a nice return for Graham Campbell. Graham, how are you keeping? Hi, brilliant, Colin. Uh, this morning, like every morning, I woke up a balloonos, so I'm happy. And making it a double, Davy, Davy Thomason. How are you? Yeah, fine. I'm. Uh, I, I wasn't too bad with it last week. Not that the result was terrible, but I don't have to work with all Scottish guys, and I can shut myself off and don't have to talk to anybody for a week. So my wife doesn't know anything about football, so that's uh, that was me okay. But um, it took that hiding from hearts to to get me over it, to be honest with you, fully over it. But we'll kick on for the rest of the season, hopefully. Oh, here's hoping. That's what we aim to discuss today. Uh, Davey P, I'll start with you. Um, Rangers beating hearts in their best performance of the season, and as fate would have it, followed the worst performance of the season. We've seen the best and worst of Rangers over the last five days, haven't we? Yeah, we certainly have. Eh? The good, the good, the bad. And, oh God, I don't know. I'll be the ugly. The certainly, we obviously were looking for a big reaction from yesterday, eh? and and I think Gio got a wee taste of that in the press conference that eh, Wednesday was unacceptable, and some of you know when some of the people were asking him about bring where's the press, you know. So I think eh, Gio kind of has taken that on board. Obviously, it was obviously inevitable there was going to be a few changes, and, and we saw them. But more importantly, we saw the change in the attitude of the players, which was uh, which was excellent to see. Uh, obviously, there was a few maybe not surprises, but certainly in the selection, I don't think anyone would have put their heart on lunch from appearing, but he did he did very well for me. Uh, so, but <clears throat> excellent, and and I think that that should be the standard from from here on in. You know, we've got now got another fourteen cup finals to play, but uh, that's exactly what was required yesterday. You know, when we. Uh, more energy, more commitment, more enthusiasm. Uh, <clears throat> never mind the, the horseshoe malarkey. Let's get straight up the park. So it was good to see. Graham, Davies touched on attitude there and application and the you know, the the mentality side of the game and that's something we're going to talk about quite a lot this afternoon. Um we we needed our reaction from Rangers in terms of how the players turn up and how much they showed the desire. Um, I think we got that yesterday. Absolutely. I think everyone wanted that after the abysmal performance last Wednesday. I think there was a worry around our support. 
that we maybe weren't up to it this season. And for whatever reason, I think people were overly negative. Like, I think we all know that it was a disaster, the old firm game. But before that, we were getting the results. Gio hadn't lost yet until that moment. Um, yeah, the Ross County late goal was a sore one. However, I do think people were going about OTT. And I think what um, yesterday showed was how we can play, how clinical we can be, how much in the front foot we can be. And in general, just how dominant we can be um, for the rest of the season. I think it was really important for our fans to see that. And whether we'd win that one or two now, that performance and that hunger is what we needed. But, I mean, we were so clinical yesterday. We were phenomenal. And, and to win five now was, was just icing on the cake. I think uh, a lot to do with it as well, though, was dropping so many points in such a short time. I think that made the, the hammer blow a wee bit heavier and uh, I think it was just been the Celtic game and we were still four points in front we would have, we would have got over it easier but this was putting them on top of the league which was doubly uh, as, as hard um, so let's hope that, uh, that that we can the next time at Ibrox we'll, we'll hammer them David I was going to ask you about that um, I think it was Chris who's made the point over the last couple of podcasts that uh, well, in the first title race for potentially 11 years, uh, potentially since Walter Smith's been um, that well, had his last season in charge. Wednesday night at Parkhead, that wasn't going to finish your season. And yesterday um, at Ibrox, as much as I wanted to, that's not going to win as the league. It's here on in. So is there maybe just a, a bit for the fans to have a better perspective as each game comes? Well, I, I think, yeah, uh, I think, well, it's the way we react. If, if this is going to be a, a carry-on uh, in such a positive mood as we were this weekend, then it's okay. But if we're back to Saturday next week, to, or even tomorrow we're playing, um, is, if it's back to the old sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards, then, then I think the fans will get pretty... Uh, fed up and, uh, and and yeah, getting a negative trend again. But we'll take that when it comes. Hopefully against Hibs, we'll we'll see the same. And I mean, let's face it. I, I don't. You'll probably go on to to uh, cover it. But the difference Jack made since he came on against Celtic uh, and Morelos coming back is uh, it's just made some difference to the team. The way the team are playing. Not. And that leads us on very nicely into the next few points. So, Davey P, let's talk about the man of the match. Um, I think it was a few weeks ago, the sponsors gave Hadji the man of the match and Hadji did even kick his own ass. So, there was always a worry for me that the sponsors will choose um, the first player they can remember after the free bar. They'll name, name, name him as the man of the match. They got to spot on yesterday. Morelos, everything went through him. Um, the majority of the attacks, two goals, the assists, unbelievable performance. Uh, uh, just yesterday, just demonstrated as if uh, any evidence was required that Alfie is the main man at our team. You know that he absolutely ragged all those two chappies. I mean, obviously, I don't think they had their first pick centre halves. But Alfie was uh, was was. I mean, the the two goals and and an, an assist, but. All afternoon, you know that Alfie was carrying a threat. They're wary of him because there's there's not many players in Scottish football, I would say, that were the opposition, you know, 
obviously they, they give him abuse, but that's just really the, their uh, perception, you know, that he's the main man because they're scared of him. So Alfie brings that to your team, and you can see why yesterday. The first the first goal was was a superb goal. I mean, from Bassi's ball, the ball across, and Alfie's right on the end. It whoosh, you know, that the hearts were stunned. Uh, and really, I would say that, that uh, until Alfie scores the second, which you know they get the wee uh, one-two off the hearts player, but the finish was absolutely superb. Porto-esque finish inside the post. I was uh, fortunate to be in the court when you right behind the goal, so we had a perfect view for it. But uh, in 64 minutes, and I would say, though, that uh, seeing the start of that second half, Hearts were doing quite well. So up until we scored the second goal in 64 minutes, this was we were still in a contest. It was really only kind of the, the, the latter stage of the game where we started piling on some quality subs where we, uh, we actually put them to the sword. So, uh, but... I think we were creating chances, we were making chances. A couple of wee uh, defensive Lulus, which uh, the, the ball tried to chip over, which Bassi made an arse off. But, you know, so, but all in all, the Rangers' application attitude was uh, night and day from, from last week. It's, and it's the, the benchmark for me. Cause, and if it slips below that, because there was the danger there that the, the Rangers fans were going to, uh, you know, it was getting a wee bit tense. You know, from between half time and kind of the sixty odd minute when when we scored the second, so but we ended up comfortably uh, pulling away from Hearts. So <clears throat> lovely, more, more power to Gio's elbow for me. Graham, I want to touch on a point that Davey made there, um, uh, but before I do this on Sunday during the game. I got that feeling. See, when somebody who you're really pissed off at makes a very good point, makes you laugh, you get annoyed at yourself for laughing. Kenny Winters of this parish has been in an absolute tantrum for the last five months. So, when he made the very good point of Rangers going 1 0 up and still going for another, what the fuck's happening? I hated that. I agreed with him. Um, where, where does this come to? Is this a change in tactics? Is this a change in belief uh, in the players or a mixture of both? Not, see if you look back in the game since Jules taking charge. I mean, is it is it really that different, or have we just been clouded by uh, real negative real negativity from the last couple of weeks? So one at Aberdeen, we didn't perform well. To be fair, um, I still think um, obviously we went away there with a draw. The the Ross County game, we came from behind, we turned that around, we were on top of them all the time. Yeah, we went three two up and we sat back a bit. I'm I'm talking about the general play under Gio. I don't think we are a team that does sit back or um are negative. I just think it's the negativity from our fans the last couple of weeks have kind of moulded this almost. So I was not surprised to see his continue on the front foot. But like any game, there's always going to be a point where there's 10 minutes, maybe 15, depending whether the other team's going to get a strong foothold in the game. That was no different in the second half. It's about um, it's about seeing that through. And I don't think Hearts would have done much other really than Bassey's dodgy header that Davey was talking about. They should have scored. And that would have been another defensive error, like the three at Ross County. I know, um, I know it's a team sport. However, these defensive errors are is what's costing us, not Gio's tactics. Other than the game at Celtic Park, I do not think that Gio sends us out negatively. I don't think uh, his tactics are widely wrong. I, I just don't see it. Completely disagree with, with the majority, I think. So on, on the subject, uh, 
being on the front through and pressing. David, I, I, think, I thought we were absolutely excellent going forward, middle of front uh, yesterday. And you mentioned the man there, Ryan Jack, but I do want to talk about him as part of a trio. Um, and it wasn't quite the midfield three. Um, oh, we'll come to everybody later separately, but I want to talk about John Lundstrom, Ryan Jack and Scott Arfield. And I think having that core back um, and I know Arfield was playing out in the right but the theorem they brought energy they brought the right attitude aggression and the decision making was excellent it's exactly what you want for the midfield wide players as well and I thought they were relentless for start to finish um, and Come back to your point, if, if we can get them playing like that consistently, Rangers will play like this offensively consistently. Oh, we could play like that. I think that we'll, we'll take a lot for Celtic to catch us and end up. But um, to go, just to go back to the, 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 the point before, from what I believe that uh, Gio had them locked in the dressing room at Parkhead for more than an hour after the game. So he's, he's probably been giving them a good... Uh, talking to to put it nicely uh so i think that's probably helped uh, but as i say ryan jack coming on and um lundstrom uh <laughs> i must admit i'm one of his worst critics i i, I just couldn't go the way he was playing but i have to admit he definitely showed on sunday that uh that there is a player in there um but yeah, but it just never is. Especially the was it the the goal third goal against Celtic that that he, he tried to cross field it for about or was that the game before that? I can't remember. He, he tried a cross field pass about forty yards, and the other team scored from it. I can't remember whether it was Wednesday or against Ross County. But um, no, it was it was like the last goal against Ross County, wasn't it? Um, right. But the the yeah the, when when you're fighting to to hold out for the last five minutes, I mean why try forty yard passes? So I mean he's never been my favourite one from, but I, I, have, I really have to admit that he was brilliant and uh, well brilliant he was really good on uh, on Sunday, and what he what he brought was that Jack could push more f- forward, and then you had Arfield and Jack both moving up. And Aribo, Aribo is obviously he's he's more attacking anyway, and I think that's we had actually three players in the midfield pushing through instead of just Aribo alone, Aribo alone, sorry. Um, but yeah, that's that's the way I see. It. I, I I just see Jack being making such a difference to that team, and Morelos, of course. Well, let's see when we were watching the first half yesterday, the boys, me and the boys I was sitting with, uh, we were actually counting. Uh, Every time John Lundstrom won a 50-50, we were actually counting them off as, as he did it. And there was one, he had three attempts at it and eventually won the ball. So that kind of, so, which we didn't do last Wednesday, you know, we they, we got possession and 10 seconds later, Celtic had it back. So it, I think re- John Lundstrom was returning the serve because he, he was he was in their faces. You know, uh, no, they weren't putting the head up because he was right at them, winning possession. Sometimes it, it was getting a wee bit scrappy, but in, invariably we were coming out with the ball and were then passing it to you know to some of our more gifted players. But I thought John Lundstrom in the first half yesterday was absolutely instrumental in asserting our control on that game. John Lundstrom, I think people kind of forget as well. 
eight. He had a really, really strong period of games just before Gerard left. And I think he's been very unlucky that he lost his place almost. I think it was maybe the last game before Gerard left or sometime around that. And then Gio's never picked him. I don't think he ever went out of form. I don't think he ever lost it. He just lost his place in the team. I think we've shot ourselves in the foot a bit with him. And I think a lot of people have been quite to, uh, quick to write him off. He's so unbelievably strong, pacey and powerful in the middle of the park. And yesterday showed just how important he could actually be. Because that kind of player in the middle of the park for how we play and how we want to play is so vital. Like Jack and Lindstrom, particularly both of them, were phenomenal yesterday. There's, there's no doubt in that. But I really, really like Lindstrom uh, and uh, I think David said he's been his biggest critic that's fair enough I think you'll probably have maybe a half and half in the Rangers support um, uh, kind of up and down with Lindstrom but I really like him I think he could be a really important player if we if we just kind of stick with it So see when players are dropped they tend to turn into Ronaldo or Messi but it was the opposite for Lindstrom and I think and I think it was a bit unfair when he was dropped to the bench and and it was getting game time, he was getting bits and bobs here and there. Nobody really spoke about his footballing ability. People were speaking about the wages we were paying for the game time he was getting. I thought that was really unfair. Well, that's that's uh, that was the argument that I was hearing, especially in the January window. Why do we have one some on that wages not getting a game? Um, so I think yeah, we've maybe been a bit unfair as a support. No, I actually thought about uh, his football ability because I agree with you, Graham. I actually thought he was coming into his own and for a while he was our best midfielder when we were struggling for form under Gerrard. So if he, you know, we're going to echo this point again and again and again. If we even get 80% for some players like Lundstrom, 80% of that performance for the rest of the season, we're going to be laughing. Absolutely laughing come May. So, David, coming coming back to you, Ryan Kent, he's been missing for the full season, and we found him. That I don't even know what else to say. Yeah, the Ryan um, Kent I thought was tremendous yesterday. With uh, some of the the runs he was making, I mean, he saw it from uh, Sakala's goal, just uh, bursting away and uh, making it clear a wee bit daylight, and was head up to pick out. I think he may have actually meant to send it to Ramsey, but. Uh, Fashion Junior intercepted brilliantly. Two touches. I mean, it was a smashing finish by Sakala. Maybe a, um, and I, I think one of the <clears throat> the points is that the, the subs and and the benefit we will have by having you know the, such a strong bench yesterday was actually shown. You can see from you know sixty four minutes uh, exactly. <clears throat> you know when we score the second, you know so we've got a wee bit of daylight, but then we've got. Uh, our, our subs coming on, so Kamara comes on in 68 minutes, scores in 72, and then Sakala comes on in 76 minutes and scores in 84. So you can see that the, the benefit of having the, the strength and depth in the bench and Gio putting it on, and you know, and by the time we've, we're, we're making these subs the last couple, you know, 85, 86 minutes, I think when will Davis uh, come on, you know, the game's done and dusted. We've, uh, we're home and hose by that point, but you could see that the benefit. Of of having the strength and depth and, and Gio being it, you know, smart enough to say right, let's uh, let's increase the pace just a wee touch and, and we got goals from it. I think one of the things though um, with Ryan Kent is a lot of the teams double up on him. Uh, Hearts let him go. Hearts played one against one against him, which is, is pretty deadly as, as, as you know. But uh, when Kent was at his best, 
he had Borna Barisic run it flying past him and given him an extra option to, to put the ball down the wing or cut inside. But when Baric, Barisic the, has just been terrible this season, uh, which I think has been sort of a um, curtailing and uh, Kent and what he can do, for the simple reason that the, the, the halfback, instead of worrying about Barisic can pass them, it's given them two men to stick in Kent, so he's got to get past two men instead of one man, and I think that's a big problem. Plus, uh, Gio's obviously told him that he's to stay out in the wing a lot more, which, uh, yeah, you see, you've seen on, uh, with that through ball uh, from Bassey, uh, that when he cuts inside, inside the defender, he's actually far more dangerous. And, the, well, the, the, the Morelos goal came from that move, and it was absolutely a brilliant move. Just starting with you, David, what what I really get frustrated by where Ryan Kent is when he's dribbling, running at players, he doesn't always use his pace. He's quite guilty of running at a player, slowing it down, turning it back. But we've seen him use it a bit more yesterday. And as David P was mentioning for Sakala's goal, that turn of pace on the byline. I think he has to be using that more or at least um, using it every now and then to keep the defenders guessing. Yeah, well, I think it comes back to whether you've got one man to beat or two men to beat. If, if somebody can uh, take the quick road diagonally inside, then he, he's cutting you off. So you, you've got to go around the outside of the of the first player, and then there's a, a player runs in diagonally to cover that road off. So he's got to. He had to cut back quite a lot. And, and, and as I say, I really think that's the 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 fact that Borna Barisic isn't given an awful lot of help. Um, to, 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 to get past players, the, 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 that's a bit a lot of his trouble. I, the, I think if he was uh, the likes of Bassey, who, who flies past him quite a, quite a lot uh, for the last couple of games, uh, you, you've just seen a, a different Kent. Well, obviously against Celtic, nobody was good, so <laughs> that was a, a shambles for everybody. But, well, the second half, he came in, he came on a game, but a game, the team. I don't think Kent can win sometimes with our fans at all. I look at that Celtic game, for example, and what I saw Kent do was not give up. Just constantly, he was out there doing his utmost, taking on players. Now, nothing came off for him. It wasn't his night, but the commitment and the passion, the work ethic he showed that night was, I think, is as good as anyone else in our team that night, genuinely. Like, obviously, yeah, Jack came on Scala, they, they were they were good for us, but Kent, just, Kent can just be the scapegoat, scapegoat a lot of the time from our fans. Even yesterday, I'm sitting there in the, and I'm hearing a couple of guys behind me. Now, this was deep into the second half. He'd already assisted. He was having a good game, and somebody was saying, now, ever since we signed him, after his initial loan period, he's done nothing. He's crap. He's this, he's that. And I'm just thinking, that is unbelievable it's so unfair now this is a confidence player a flair winger it is not always going to work for him but one thing he will always do and always give is he will try he'll try and take players on i'd say 70 percent of the time he will try and go past somebody or he'll take like david same whether it's hitting by with pace or with skill i don't think you see him turn back often and i just think he gets a really hard time of it from our fans when actually he'd realize such a such an important player, such a gifted player. Um, I, I just think he's he's superb. I think from you see from see the two assists that he had yesterday, the first one's clearly Bassey pinging it straight down the left. He's on the end of the ball. 
across. Alfie bangs it in. The assist for Sakala's goal, he took three touches from the halfway line to get to the 18-yard the box. The third touch being the ball across, which uh, Sakala took and popped it in. So that, that's the, the, the quality that Kent brings with, if you provide him with the service that he requires. If, if Ryan Kent is, is, is back at the coming back to the halfway through the half to, uh, to get collect the ball and then make a run, then then we're, we're giving him you know a job to do because he's now got three or four people in front of him. If we can get him running and feed the ball to him, you, you can see in two very in two instances yesterday what he can provide. So that's the that's the Ryan Kent we need. We need to provide Ryan Kent the service. I think though that you've you've got to take into the calculation, the movement of other players. I mean, Roof against Celtic just wasn't really holding the ball up, wasn't really doing an awful lot and just getting cut out. So they, they sort of uh, got Kent stuck out in his own. And that that's a... Uh, yeah, it's, it's easy to blame one player when, when he's playing bad or you think he's playing bad, but there's more things come into it than just, oh, he's playing bad, that's it. There's, there's obviously other things that are making him play bad. I actually think that's a really good point that I've never actually thought of, and it just reminded me of um, Ronald De Boer. Uh, so Ronald De Boer was my first love. Um, I'm too young to remember Louder in Gaza, unfortunately. But on looking back on hindsight with Ronald De Boer, um, people often spoke about um, his first season there, and he, he didn't quite get going until that treble season, maybe two or three seasons in. But a big part of that was the rest of the players weren't quite on his level. He was just... Uh, a level above in terms of football intelligence and it really came into fruition when we had Kenija uh, linking up with him and Barry Ferguson with him in the middle of the park so um, I don't know how the fuck I've gone to Ronald Dubois but no David it's a really good point in terms of it is a team sport and you know it's you are only as good as the, the players around you Just a small example of Ronald Dubois because I was at a game and we were playing Partick Thistle Ibrooks <coughs> and the uh, the ball gets gets knocked into the corner, you know, it's, it's about 40 yards away from Ronald De Boer. And he has a look over his shoulder and sees the ball runs away and then just walks away. The guys in the govern front howling at him, howling at, you know, why do you not chasing that ball? And see the look that he gave them in the govern front when it, when it was like, you complete and utter Neanderthals. <laughs> you know, it was, why, why do you want me to go chase that ball? You know, when I'll get there and it'll be out the pitch, you know, two yards before I get. It was it was brilliant. But I think that summed up Ronald O'Boury. He was probably two steps in front of most people on the pitch. Uh, and that for me was brilliant. He just gave them a look saying, you guys are off your chump <laughs> collectively. Like, absolutely, Good for me, absolutely top quality, top quality player. So, just before we go into the rest of the sub, subs, sorry, uh, Graham, I want to come back to you because you did mention about Bassi's header, or I don't even know if you can call it a header, where you let Hearts in in the second half. So, I don't know if I'm being overly critical here, but or if I'm maybe just scarred for what happened on Wednesday night. The first half, I thought we were a bit shaky at the back in terms of loose balls going between the defenders, letting hearts in. Um, I think there was one in particular where a long ball over the top of Golson and a bit of miscommunication and McGregor had to come out. And I, th- I think he actually missed it. Um, so... It's easy with hindsight to say, no, we still won 5-0. It didn't come off as a goal, but I think we've seen enough um, Rangers this season to show we've got these defensive errors in here. 
I think if we can just cut them out completely, coupled with the aggression we have going forward, that's the missing that's the missing piece of the puzzle for me. Listen, I'm literally Bassey's biggest fan. I think I really rate him. I think he's excellent. I think he's a really good player for us. I was happy with him, whether it was centre-back or left-back. The problem that Bassey has, for whatever reason, one minute he's taking players out with clean tackles, he's winning balls, he's strength. Or like yesterday, he's playing these superb passes, splitting through a defence. And then the next minute, he's playing these slack awful balls and it's it's like he just has these brain farts and and that is it now i really like him but also i do feel like at least one mistake is in him every game right now now whether that is just pure inexperience whether he just it does just need games more games more games but i mean since geos came in i think he started every game maybe bar maybe one of the cup games since that sparta prague game at least uh, maybe even further back then I'd need to look but he has he has been a stalwart certainly for the last couple of months and I do really like him he just needs to get it's as if those lapses are concentration and that's what he needs to work on because otherwise we, we do have a really really good player there I mean the guy's a he's huge he's a tank he's fast he's strong and he's got a good football brain David T um, I think for the next few weeks, the, the centre-halves should be looking to cut this out completely with the the hopeful imminent return of Philip Hollander. I just feel, I, I've always been a, a massive Hollander fan, but I feel when he's in the team, the players around him cut out these mistakes tenfold. I, I think he could be huge. I, I would say, you know, as, as an absolute defender, Philip Hollander is the best we've got. Goldson's a big, strong boy, and you know, and very vocal, and, uh, but you know, you, you saw him with his wee, uh, Keystone Cops moment with uh, McGregor yesterday. That they've got that in them, and it's going back to Graham's point about Bassey. But I think Bassey's absolutely fantastic. But he's super enthusiastic. Eh? Sometimes he, he needs to just uh, be a wee bit more composure. But I think that will come with, with experience. That he, he's just uh, absolutely so into it. Sometimes he just needs to have a just take a wee step back for a moment well, just be a wee bit more a wee bit composure and I think that will come with, with, with more experience to him but in terms of the kind of long term uh, defensive you know boo-boos that we, we seem to have made a career out of that I think what Hollander will, will certainly make a huge difference but I think Balligan and now Bassey moving to left back we uh, we, we looked a, a lot better you know because the we've seen Bassey you know he's got a the Hollywood ball in them. So we, we're encouraging that stuff. There was a couple of uh, moments yesterday, but what was encouraging that I think, even if I think if Hearts had popped one in, maybe even a couple, I think we had enough about us, we had enough control in the game that, you know, the game would have maybe finished 5-2 instead, instead of, uh, you know, 5-0. Because I think we were creating chances, our forward line, you know, the Glenn Kamara lookalike that come on and then, and, and, and bursts through, you know, sells the guy, the dummy, and then just strokes, strokes it into the net. You know, we want to see more of that Glenn Kamara than the the other one. But I, I think we we, sh- we had enough throughout the rest of the team where hopefully the mistakes will be less important because they're going to happen. But you, you're right, we, we need to cut it out and we should be working, you know, 
night and day to do that. But I'm hopeful that uh, we'll have a team that will be able to carry a couple of those a game, you know, and it will be less important than it has been so far. Sorry, one one thing back back to Bass as well that I wanted to mention was it was easy for people to get on him when he was in centre-back or he's not a centre-back, he's not a centre-back. Again, people forget that since that game against Sparta Prague, him and Goldson, I think, kept something like nine clean sheets in 10 or 11 games between them. So it's like no one was moaning about Bassey then. It's only these lapses in concentration the last couple of weeks that have led to people, oh, he's not a centre-back. OK, move him to left-back, we get good out of him there. But I really think as well, going forward, he, he is still a solid centre-back. And we do have a really good player that can rotate between a couple of positions which can only be good for us but I do think he was harshly treated just because maybe a couple of ropey games there's there's no doubt in that nine clean sheets or whatever that they kept between them in the first um, bit for, for Gio um, and whether it was Europa League, whether it was the League or the Cup, he was, he was there that whole time so let's give him credit as well I think the worst thing with Bassey though is that he keeps getting caught under the ball with his when when he's when there's a high ball coming in. That seems to it seems to be a weak point. But I mean he's only young, so weak points you can iron out and get get him playing better. But he really needs to work in and he, if, if he's going to stay at centre half, um, he really needs to work in heading ability because that's a really weak point with him. Hmm. Just starting with you, David. Um, we're going to come on to the subs and. You know, the other day they did mention about Kamara um, learning how to run forward. And <laughs> see, he actually went for, for his goal. Uh, I just want to make that point. For, for his goal, when he was turning in, I actually genuinely thought he was going to turn back and pass it back just because that's what Kamara is renowned for. So I was delighted to see him uh, tuck it in the side, uh, the inside of the keeper. But the one sub I want to talk about um, is... Aaron Ramsey. So a bit of a cameo, uh, to be fair, a couple of nice touches. Um, but I think it was really important for him and the fans to see him, especially just to keep that that high feeling. And for Aaron Ramsey himself, he's only got 14 games to make an impact, so he really has to he really has to hit the ground running. Yeah, well, he made, uh, there was a, a couple of uh, Moves that he made, one one I would nearly call showboating because I, I don't know how he got it back to, to the other the Rangers player, but it was a really amazing trick that he done. And he looked, and I mean, how long was he on? He was only on for about twelve minutes or something. Uh, and, maybe fifteen at a push. And uh, no, he really looked really looked up for it. He really looked good. I, I certainly don't think there's a lot with his fitness, although he only played twelve minutes, but he, he still looked quite quick and. And he still looks mean and lean. So no, I think he's going to be, be a really good player for us. The, the, only hope, the only thing that might be is, is David Pollock, had, uh, that, that he's a class too big. <laughs> that he's, he's sort of a Ronald de Boer effect that, uh, that he's, 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 he does things people don't understand. That's a, that's a big worry. Or a big worry, it's not a big worry, but it's a, a thing that could happen. My only worry is we've paid these wages and the way the Rangers played yesterday doesn't get in the team. Yeah. Yeah, but are his wages right well known? Because everybody seems to come up with a different number. I heard 100,000 and I've heard for the, for the, the, the few games he's playing, I've heard that um, Juventus are paying his whole wages, that Rangers are not paying anything. 
So I, 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 don't, I don't really know. I've not found out what his real wages are. So Rangers have confirmed that his wage is within their current wage structure. So it may be the highest paid Rangers. Play, play, Rangers are up there, but Rangers aren't breaking the bank. It's, the EBTs aren't returning, as far as I'm aware. Rangers have confirmed these within the wage structure. So I imagine Rangers may be paying, what, between 30 and 40 grand. Graham and Juventus playing the, paying the rest. What was great to see when he came on, he'd literally been on the park one minute. This guy is not fit. He's not played since November, I believe. And he was in the middle of the park, quite crowded by players, and Goldson had the ball, and you can see him absolutely balling for it. And Goldson, uh, Goldson made the wrong pass. Uh, I think he played it through at the keeper on the end. But you saw Ramsey there wanting to take on the ball in a quite tight position. You just know he's going to turn around and, and probably do something pretty good with it, whether it's a nice pass through or maybe opening up players, splitting out wide. It, it doesn't matter. You can see that he is going to be if we can get him fit in a good amount of time, he is going to be really important for us. You can obviously see he is a goal-scoring midfielder and you could see how high up he was playing anyway. But that is that is really exciting, a couple of those touches. And as we mentioned, I mean, we're paying the guy to earn our care week, so you'd expect him to be... Uh, <laughs> you'd expect him with those touches. No, but seriously, he, he looks good. And I think what he said in his press conference after, I think we all guessed that. If Wednesday turns out the same, I think we'll see him come on for 20 minutes. The same as maybe Diallo. And then I think you'll see him and Diallo start against Annan and get at least an hour under their belts. And I think that's probably the plan for them. But listen, Diallo and Ramsey, if, if they're fit and we can get them in the team, they, they, will, be our, they will be the best players at our club. Uh, they will be. Um, and it's about getting them fit and, and hopefully hopefully we can and get the most out of them because if we can then we will be very hard to beat. So the problem that I've got with, with Diawa is that it, you have to leave out Sakala and I really think that Sakala deserves a shot. Every game he's played he's, he's been man of the match and he's scored and yet he never, he never gets more than 20 minutes and that's I, I really... I really feel that he should get a, sh- a, a, sh- a shot at uh, getting at least a full game and then a run if he, if he keeps up the the way he's been playing. Aye, and I think um, he, he must be feeling that as well. And uh, we did speak about it in the group chat afterwards. Uh, I think it was Graham that mentioned it. The, the absolute joy he had scoring up really... Um, a nothing goal, not a nothing goal. Sorry, for want of a better word, um, the game was done. Just getting in the straw sheet and meant the world to him. Um, the guy is just so infectious. Um, you you can't help but love him, and I, I totally agree with you. I'd love to see him in the team more, but th- this is a problem we want to have. We want Rangers playing like this, so the manager has these has these tough decisions to make where he has to leave it players on form because the players in front of him are doing the job. I think this it's important that you know with the benefit of of having the squad that we have and and five subs we're going to rotate them these guys are going to rotate so I mean you'll get a start but that, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the full 90 minutes and I would I would fully expect Gio to be utilizing all the assets available to him so I think sometimes if Sakala starts then it'll be off for Diallo to come on and and you know and vice versa so but what was good about uh when Kamara come on and when you have a wee look back at Kamara's goal it was actually Kamara who won the ball on the halfway line and then passes it 
uh, moves forward, takes another touch pass as it moves forward, and then eventually uh, Alfie puts him through and he's clean through in goal. So, I mean, Sakala had, uh, sorry, Kamara had three different involvements which ended up him in the box. I mean, he must have had a nosebleed when he crossed the 18-yard line because that doesn't happen too often. But, and then, you know, sells the guy, the, the one cracking dummy, that guy would slid for about 20, 20 yards and then pops it in. But uh, Kamara's, and, and that's kind of what I find quite frustrating about Kamara. You know he's got it. And you're thinking, well, where has that Kamara been for, you know, most of the games that, of this season? When, when he's he's winning the ball on the halfway line, which ends up him, him at the penalty spot and, and, and side-footing the ball into the goal. So more of that, please. But I think that was just coming with, with the, the kind of additional energy that we played with yesterday, movement, you know, it was given goal. And Alf, Alfie's ball to uh, put him through was, was fantastic. And, and, and back to Morelis, you just saw the benefit of, of having, you know, as, as David has said, you know, what, it doesn't stick with Ruth. You know, it's the second touch is a, is a tackle sort of thing, but whereas Alfie takes one touch, pings it through straight through back to Kamara, we're in and go, yippee doo daddy. Uh, getting to Aaron Ramsey, though, Aaron Ramsey's, you know, we cameo, but you can see that the, the class is, is bursting out of that chappy, you know, with the, and his ability to take the ball with the, with the heads up and, and being aware of other players. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Aaron Ramsey get into a full-flown team. Because when he's coming on, you know, we're a few goals up, probably the easiest situation in which you make a contribution. But uh, I, I really, I'm hoping that Gio will have a look at the, the various options. Hollander coming back in defence, Ramsey in midfield, you know, it's all in our own hands. It's all in our own hands. We've, uh, let's hope, we, we charge our way to 56. But, but certainly, the the big uh, benefit for me yesterday was the change in, in tempo, attitude, aggression, energy, whatever you want to package it as, but certainly we brought that when we weren't passive. And John Lundstrom from the outset was was, was displaying that. You know, they're not going to be standing on the ball. We were in their face, in their face, winning the ball back, and it was sometimes it, it looked a wee bit higgledy-piggledy, but we were winning the ball, we were getting winning possession and moving forward. So just on that point then and the options we've got, moving back to you, Davey Thomason, Wednesday night, another big game. Well, they're all going to be big games for now to the end of the season. Would you make any changes? For me, I, I would. The, the team that started on Sunday, bad an injury, I would start the same 11. Yeah, I've got to agree with you there. Uh, because, well, they've, they've earned their place because they were, they were that good. And I, I wouldn't know who to drop, really. I mean, I can't, I can't think of one player that I, I would drop. Uh, you certainly can't drop any of the the, the main ones. So, I mean, those, I've, I've heard people saying um, Barisic should, should come back in, but I'm afraid I don't agree with that one. Uh, I think he should be have a few weeks out and, you know, yeah, be on the bench uh, for a while. But... Uh, he certainly doesn't bring this season. He doesn't. He doesn't bring what Bassey's been bringing, and as you said, Bassey has has got his problems. But but one thing I, I was I was going to think. Do you not think Alfie should have a, the goal? His hat trick with with the cross from Kent that just went past the post. It looked to me as if he could just stick out his foot and put the ball in it. But he seemed no, to. Maybe in another week I would be agreeing with you, but that boy's getting no criticism for me. 
this week, especially yeah. after well, the shit show we've seen when he's away. He <laughs> he could shake my hands and I would clap. No, oh, no, I agree with you. I agree with you, but it just uh, you know for him, I thought no, oh, his hat trick could be in there, but they seem to be on his heels or something, and no, I think it was Grin. That might have been it, but certainly no criticism. Yeah, he's saving his hat hat trick for the spin bundles on Wednesday night. Graham, um, I was just touching on everything we've spoken about with the subs. The I think the majority of players will get the. Or their chance again on on Wednesday night, the the starting eleven. I mean, but it's now we've seen enough for the subs coming on that if they don't pull their weight, then there's somebody there to take their jersey, and that's going to be huge for the next three four months. Yeah, I don't see us making any changes for Wednesday, and rightly so. I think what um, yesterday did show is probably what we all knew anyway, but we just needed reassurance on is just how strong our squad is. It's so strong. We've got so many options up front. And you just look at the kind of players we have even there when we talk about Sakala, Kent, um, Morelos, Ruth. Yeah, we've got it in there as well. Now we've got Diallo. These are, these are completely different players. All of these players have something very different to offer and that's really exciting. You then look at our midfield, when you look at Aribo, Jack, Lindstrom, Davis, um, Interfield, Kamara, again, these are all players that can offer something different and I do think we might see some changes going forward depending on the game we play because we do have players that have very different strengths suited to very different games and we should embrace the strength of our squad and, and hopefully maybe change it up for certain games because we can. I wouldn't expect that coming up, but our squad is looking so strong just now. I think it's just kind of reinvigorated as all just seen that yesterday. And, and I'm really excited. However, the, the problem we do have just now is, unfortunately, I feel like we are playing a bit in the coattails now because they're not very much purple patch and, and we are needing them to, to drop points. So it's not just us winning and doing our job now. Unfortunately, we have to rely on them. But certainly we cannot afford any silly mistakes. So hopefully yesterday was that that point where we're, we're confident on our ability and we will we will go on a run that that our squad's capable of. Yeah, we we do have two games against Celtic left. But the point I made earlier is yesterday wasn't going to win as the league. That performance, regardless, it could have been fifteen 0 That wasn't going to win as the league. And we've all made the point that it's about just carrying this feeling, this attitude, this belief in ourselves forward in every game. One wee, uh, maybe a wee bit more controversial point would be, you know, if Gio is going to be you know, and select the squad, select the players who are in form, you would have to say there's a wee opportunity for Wednesday to uh, withdraw Aribo and put someone else in. Because I would think overall, Aribo's contribution to the game yesterday was kind of very much on the periphery. You know, this is a chappy who until a you know, last week was, you know, we were praying when he, we would come back from AFCON and, you know, we, we couldn't possibly go into the old firm game for without Joe Aribo because he's the player of the year and we just absolutely need him back. And and yesterday's, you would say, that Joe, uh, Joe Aribo's contribution was uh, pretty much at the edge. Whereas, I mean, the, the midfield, you know, when, when Lundstrom, Ryan Jack and Scott Arfield, for me, were uh, just absolutely buzzing. Buzzing. We, we, we had... Uh, we had the, the number on 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 hearts with the, in the midfield. We pretty much controlled the game as I would hope to see. So maybe it would be an opportunity for Gio on Wednesday to say, "Well, Joe, 
you can have a seat at the bench. We'll, we'll pop one of the other guys in, uh, bring you on in 60 minutes and, and just use that squad to, to the best advantage we can. I, I do understand what you're saying in terms of maybe direct output in terms of assists or goals or, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't really involved in, in any of them. But I think, how, how do I explain this? Maybe he had a wee bit of the Ryan Kench yesterday where he, I thought he was off the ball movement. He was dragging defenders left, right and centre. I think the difference yesterday, we had options um, for the defenders playing the ball through. The defenders should have played the ball in the midfield, but well, they always have that option. But what was lacking, no, what we had yesterday, what's been lacking is Morelos and Aribo. One comes short, one goes long. Arfield was in this as well, and I thought between uh, Morelos, Aribo, and Arfield and Ken, the other side, their constant movement. Uh, you know, we, we've seen a bit of joy with Morelos over the top, even more joy, Morelos coming in deep. That doesn't happen if you don't have runners, so I think. I think for me, Aribo, um, he was quiet, but he'd done a lot of the dirty work, the off-the-ball off work. Um, I'd personally have him in on Wednesday. Then we have to find a candidate for Ed to to Aaron Ramsey into the team because he's not come to be uh, on, on the touchline. So someone someone from that side has to has to go to get him in. Or or maybe, you know, we'll take another couple of games to get some more minutes in the legs before we could... Uh, fire him in there but I think I would hope to see Gio be that ruthless and say look we, if you're not contributing and you know to the max the best players will play the guys in form will play and uh, the, once they understand that we'll put a wee bit of pressure on them to, to be delivering regularly and I think that's the benefit of having a, a, a big squad I'd expect maybe to see like how we saw Arfield playing a, um, more forward uh, yesterday, I'd expect maybe to see Aribo going back to that role. Yeah, he's not an out-and-out winger. However, he's pacey, he's very hard to get off the ball, and he's so unbelievably skillful, especially potentially cutting in from the right. So you could see him and Kent flanking Morelos going forward. Once Ramsey's fitting up to it, maybe whether then it's Jack, Lundstrom, Kamara, we're looking very strong, and it's it's good to see. i tell you what, David... David did uh, make this, uh, label this point controversial, but you, you can't help but feel good and optimistic when you're talking about dropping a rebo um, as, a, as a realistic option. And it just shows you the difference a, a 5-0 game, a 5-0 victory um, can make. It changes the full mood, doesn't it? It it's, uh, gives you a whole new... Um... Yeah, feeling during the week, even at your work, you're whistling at your work again, and it's just a uh, um, no, a really, really great feeling. But um, yeah, just when when you were putting his right down on, on Wednesday, so we went from the bottom of the trough to the top of the trough. Uh, so and talking about waves, I hear there's another wave of ham, hamstring injuries coming on. <laughs> We've had four waves of COVID. Now we're getting four waves of hamstring injuries. What, what the last two games gives you is, is an ex, you know, rather extreme examples of what happens when you don't control the midfield and what, what happens when you do control the midfield. So I would leave it up to Gio. To, whatever you need to do, whatever personnel you need to select to, to make sure that we control that midfield, then do it. Because the, we've just seen in two games exactly what the difference is in terms of results. 
we are we are we leaving Mr. Colum alone this uh, this this <laughs> one? <laughs> no, but I was I was just watching t- the time because I was got to come to that, and then I, I didn't expect we'd be talking about dropping the Rebo at any point this season, and that kind of threw me. But so, no, why we're here? Let's do a bit of column bash and kick us off. <laughs> oh well, the 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 two yellow cards for Balligan and Bassey were just ridiculous, weren't they? And he's, I mean, Balligan to get the ball at least a, two seconds before he hit the player. And his foot wasn't high; it was down. His his studs weren't up. I mean, it was just why he got a book, and I'll never know. And Bassey, some as uh, I think David Pollock said, uh, it wasn't even a foul. It was just a hard tackle. So no, it's. Uh, I mean, we've had the, the last few weeks. We've just had some terrible refereeing, absolutely shocking refereeing. And I don't know whether people call them cheats. I don't know whether they're cheats or they're just terrible referees. I suppose we've got to remember that they're only part-time, so maybe they should be down with our broad part-time players, but <laughs> they certainly shouldn't be. We should have professional uh, professional referees here and not part-time referees. I don't care if you're part-time, full-time or double-time, David Bork. Um, a grand a week, you need to be playing better than that. Yeah, Wally Collin for me yesterday was... I mean, I, and maybe this is, would be the time for Rangers to make an issue of it, you know, when two yellow cards, because they, they, they might come back to haunt us, you know, when, and you look at those, because, and I would have thought, you know, a wee video compilation, get it off to say, look, this is what we're, we're faced with week in, week out, and, and 5-0 victory is possibly the time to do it, when you when you make an issue of it, rather than, you know, it's a defeat and it's all sour grapes and all that, so, but Bassey's uh, booking yesterday was just, was just bonkers. Bonkers, and then we had that Devlin, you know, run into Connor Goldson and do the the. I mean, amateur dramatics doesn't even begin to start to cover the, the rolls about, and I would have expected Willie Collum to be waiting him getting back to his feet as he did about thirty seconds later, and and was clearly none the worse with a yellow card saying, "Do you know what? We're not putting up with that stuff. It's just mm-hmm. uh, it's it's cheating. It's no more, no less. He's he's cheating the referee." If I was the ref, and, and I would expect Willie Collum to be to be challenging that sort of behaviour, it's utter nonsense. But it sort of started up at Aberdeen as well. The, the referee at Aberdeen was absolutely shocking. He just let Aberdeen uh, get away with anything they wanted. And Scott Brown, I mean, he was just ragged all on every Rangers player, and not in a legal way, but an illegal way. And I mean, the, the referee in, in Scotland is just absolutely shocking. Well, we saw Clancy, you know, against Livingston Aberdeen. I don't know if you, you you caught that when when he's sending off one of the Livingston players. When clearly it was a it was mistaken identity. That that's that's Clancy for you. The guy, it's and I think that's a, a problem for us is the the standard of the referees. There's keen amateurs at best. I think it's SFA that are the mistaken identity. They think they're referees. Shouldn't even call them referees. Well, I think that's as good a point as any, any gents uh, to wrap it up for this week. You know, we went round the houses and we've, you know, we spoke about dodgy at the back, phenomenal going forward and just downright fucking nonsense in terms of the refereeing decisions. Uh, so we've went, covered everything we need to cover this week. Uh, before I let you draw, I need a prediction for each of you. So, Graham, kick us off. Thank you very much for joining. What's, uh, what's this draw on Wednesday? 
Yeah, cheers, Colin. I fancied another clean sheet, maybe 3 0 Wednesday. 3 0, I'll, I'll take that, I'll take that. Davey, thanks for, sorry, Davey Thomason, thanks for coming on. What's your prediction? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, well, I had the last against Sterling Albion, I got it right. Uh, I got uh, Sunday wrong because I said it would be 2 1. So I think I'll, I'm going to go, I'm going to push the boat out and go for 4 0. 4 0. That's taking the foot off the gas for Sunday, but I'll still take it. And last but not least, thanks very much for joining us, Davey Park. Well, I'm going to go with Graham's call, 3-0. Uh, I think ha- Hibs uh, on Wednesday, they- they've scored one goal in five games. But you can bet your bottom dollar that in the tunnel at Ibrox on Wednesday, they'll be breathing fire. That Porteous arsehole will be, uh, will be out there to-, to-, to damage someone. So I-, I would expect that we're going to come up against uh, an 18-yard line that's packed with green jerseys on Wednesday. Uh, I'm hoping that we'll have the... Kent and, and, and the, the football players that are in our team, you know, to pick our way through that. So I, I'm sure we'll break them down because uh, Hibs are not a good side. Hibs, and how they beat us at Hamden, I will never know. But I, 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 that brings us back to the attitude thing, you know, we should be, but you know what, what's going to happen. You know, they'll be rolling up their sleeves. They, they, their way of levelling the game is going to be, you know, bloated everybody. We need a strong referee. But we've got the better players, so I, I fully expect Rangers to uh, triumph. I've been in such a good mood for the last 24 hours, and you've just had to ruin it with mentioning Ryan Porteous. I fucking hate that boy, but even he won't ruin my good mood. I'm going to go for 4-1 Rangers on Wednesday night. I think Rangers will... Um, win convincingly but we still have something stupid at the back uh, we'll keep us on the edge of our seats all that's left to do is thank you everybody for listening as always we really appreciate it uh, distrust a lot tonight let us know all your thoughts um, are we uh, if you agree or, or not if we're right wrong or indifferent let us know your feedback thanks for listening we are the people <laughs>